Crouch. Bind. Set. Joe presents the House of Rugby. Hello and welcome to a House of Rugby special. I'm in the pub this week with Shawnee and we're going to do a little Six Nations debrief. Shawnee, how was your weekend? Did you play in the end? I did, yeah. played a bit of Prem Cup on Friday night. Oh, they put you out. Yeah, I got, got 35 minutes or so under my belt. Um, Se- senior player, a bit of leadership, was that it? Yeah, we weren't playing that well in the first half, to be fair. But um, okay. cut out there for a trot around. And so let me uh, guess, it all changed when you came on? Basically. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Original. <laughs> Moving on, so you went over to Ireland this weekend? I did, yeah. I went over on Saturday morning. Um, Bit of business? A, met a few friends. Yeah, went into the pubs. Went to the game then. And a uh, very enjoyable weekend, to be fair. Moving on, we will get into the team of the tournament a bit yeah. later and have some probably debates, lively debates on that one. Um, but for now... It's about congratulating the French on their Grand Slam. Here are some of the scenes from Paris over the weekend, in case people missed it, of the celebrations after their Grand Slam. First up here is the Viking clap, which is pretty impressive. Too fast to start with that. Yeah, I do like a real slow builder, not really yeah. get them into it, yeah. but still the noise is, is deafening there. And uh, The French are crazy about Waterloo. Well, they, they, it's the way they turn on their team so quick, but yet they get behind them so well. <laughs> yeah. um, free from desire here. Um, there's no Will Grigg, but maybe Villiers maybe is the man for that. Yeah. Villiers is on fire. Your offence is terrified. Uh, well done. Oh, well, you know. Have done well there. I try. He's also a great player as well. So these are the, helps. These are the places you want to be after games like this. Is it? See, for me, it's in a change room. Just, yeah, no, just the, like, the, the, the close group. I know this is amazing, don't get me wrong, but the it's the close group. The fans and the atmosphere and stuff, though, is still class. In the changing room, then you, you really get going out. Um, and then this is the French at their best. The scenes. Ever seen someone anything hanging, like this? Someone hanging from the scaffolding. Yeah. With the flare. With the flare. <laughs> yeah, they really do row in behind them. But um, and I, I'd and say it was a crazy night out in France, to be fair. Cracking anthem to, to sing along to as well. Brilliant. One of the best. Really is. That is class to see. Uh, fair play to them. They haven't won a Grand Slam for a long time. And yeah. it seems like the public are so behind them and the fans, players have loved it as well. I'd say they're still hoarse from smoking on the fags probably. Oh, I wonder how many boxes of <laughs> cigarettes were in the change room. Yeah, like usually it's <laughs> cans and, of beer. Red it's wine and cigarettes. Red wine, cigarettes. And so many. They'll still be tabbing now. I'd say they're still on the beer, yeah. They, 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 they will not be playing for their clubs this week. And if they are... I would not expect a great performance. No, no they'll, be, they'll be suffering this week, no doubt. Well, the end of the Six Nations does mean one thing. It is the final Ollie Hume musical roundup. Now, you've promised us throughout this that you're going to have a song for us. Yeah. You've got about a minute, two minutes, to make sure you've got something ready, because here is Ollie's final musical roundup. The Six Nations is done and what a tournament it's been. Unless you are from Wales and you support your national team. There was heartbreak in the valleys on a proud Italian day as the Romans saw the shepherds off like a bowl of bolognese. Scotland beat the English and thought this could be their year But their hopes went downhill quicker than Prince Andrew's royal career England were much better winning two and losing three Looking less like English roses and more like a patch of weeds The Irish kept on winning as they gave a good old chase But the French stronger than garlic dropped the mix to second place Dupont the small French general like Napoleon in shorts Brought the Grand Slam back to France in front of joyous home support Vive la France! 
I actually think that's his best one, yes. Oh, I love the, st the start as well. Mm. Um, the Shepherd's bit, I can't remember what it was, but it was fantastic, that. Great yeah. kind of rhythm to that one, though. I liked, that's my most enjoyable. And not too up-tempo. You were a bit upset with the tempo a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, which is just Which is, you know, you do have a lot to say for someone who has said they're going to do a musical round up. I am pretty not musical, to be fair. You said tin whistle and sing at the same I know, time. Like, I've had a lot of people comment on my social media. If I hear a media. song, I can probably sing it straight away afterwards. So it's like, that's what I mean about well, being talented I, musically. I, I picked out a player <laughs> off, you know, off the cuff with Freed from Desire. Yeah. I'm waiting for you to pick something now. Mm, what do you want me to pick like? What do you well, you said you're going to perform with a tin whistle and sing at the same time. Why don't you just whistle a tune that you like? No, because I can't. Or I the instruments. What? It's like you're not, you're not prepared for this. I'll thing. give you a beat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what then. The next show we do. Oh, the next show. So the, the next show? The next show we do, I'm going to have an instrument with me and I'll sing a song. Right? Hey, you, we heard this here. If you don't... Yeah. You don't, it's another dinner you owe me. Okay, grand, fine. You do still owe me a dinner deal, from six deal, months ago, but deal. we'll move on from there. Yeah. Also, more importantly, what's Ollie going to do now that Six Nations is over? He'll be teaching me how to do a <laughs> tune. <laughs> You're going to be bringing him up and go, uh, can you <laughs> help me out and give me a tune? Week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, let's get to the final round. Um, Wales versus Italy, first up. An incredible win for Italy. Um, the scenes afterwards, the emotion, amazing. Um, so much has been talked about them not deserving to be in the Six Nations yeah. and relegation. Um, how, how big is this for them? It's, I think it's huge for them. And um, even listening to Lamaro after it, um, about it's the start of their journey, he's saying, which is nice to hear. And I think, you know, as uh, when they won that game, I was kind of thinking back, probably people don't respect what they're trying to do in, uh, enough yet. But down to 13 men against Ireland... Uh, played very well in, in parts of other games but that game at the weekend I just thought they were phenomenal their work rate their desire their discipline was good um, the one thing that they let themselves down with at the weekend that they need work on is like their set piece stuff in terms of line out and opportunities but they find a way and they found a way at the weekend and I just thought their energy and enthusiasm at the weekend was phenomenal and to score that, that last try like he did and get the win and the scenes afterward Brilliant for Italian rugby, brilliant for the competition, and brilliant for them going forward. And on the back of that as well, the under twenties like ended up thir joined third with England, um, beat England as beat well. Beat England in that in in their competition. So something has happened in in Italy rugby. Someone's doing something right, um, and hopefully we'll just see that pro small progressions every year now from now on. Mm -hmm. I think I think you've got to give Kieran Cowley time. You know, he, yeah. he, he's coming to the job. He's now got the first win in seven years in the Six Nations in that sense. And look, I, I thought they, they were very good for it. They mm. started off really controlled. They had a, a wobble in the second half, but I thought they had real clarity as to how they were going to play. They, had, they were kicking it a lot. They weren't giving a lot for the Welsh to hit. They chased hard. They worked hard. They fought every ruck. They made it difficult yeah. for Wales. Yeah. Um, and, and I think... Off the back of that, they, they deserve a lot of credit. And, and obviously, the try at the end, no one saw it coming. We thought the chance had gone. Um, very surprised at the way well, the Welsh dealt with it at the end of the game. Um, from Louis, Louis Rees-Samet's kick ahead in a 22, yeah. aimlessly, yeah. gave him a way out, and then um, ill-discipline. Even that kick chase off that box kick where he mm -hmm. gathers it and, and they go... Like it was, it was as if they thought, right, the game is over. We don't have to chase this hard or we don't have to chase in a big line. And then 
that little man who's a little wizard for Grenoble. Yeah. yeah, he's been um, he's been incredible. And um, that second yeah. step when he goes through the line on the ninth is is it's breathtaking. Not, never even got a, never. Even yeah, got we, we talk about Jason Robinson from fifteen mm. years ago doing that, and we watch it over and over again. His footwork, where he's not even looking, but he knows the guy's coming, and bang, he goes. It's breathtaking. And then, <laughs> you know, like unselfishly as well, probably yeah. could have gone for line. Yeah, gives it inside so the guy can go under the sticks. Mm. Um, but let's just talk briefly about that. We spoke about off air. Yeah, moment of madness from Moriarty. There, I mean, I can't grasp what he's doing. What did you? T- what was your take on that? Yeah, I just thought because Ross was ahead of him, and he was probably he had momentum. He had certainly. momentum to go, and. Um, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking, but just he was probably just thinking he was going to push him over or something. But he actually propelled him into the into the right space to get that pass, which was crazy. Like if he just ran along beside him and just block him off, or or stay along beside him until he gets the pass and then just tackle him. How disappointed with the Welsh Bay finishing fifth? Proud rugby nation. Yeah, they'll be very disappointed. I still I still don't know if they know what type of game they're trying to play yet. Um, and do you think that was more clear? in this game than others when actually the pressure came on there was yeah. a lack of clarity from the Welsh <coughs> and actually the Italians it was really obvious what they wanted to do yeah. how they were going to do it and and for me the bits that require no talent kick chase working back mm. uh, getting off the floor quickly the Welsh were poor and the Italians were fantastic yeah no I 100% I agree with you I think um, you know what the, the the last kind of that big moment when Toby went back, Falato went back after the ball, and your man Fischetti, isn't it? Best kick chase of the year, unbelievable. And then they get Wales get done for sealing off, and they're in a great position. It just showed like their energy and enthusiasm, and that's what I meant about that last box kick. Wales's energy and enthusiasm wasn't where it needed to be, and um, they got caught cold. It was so different to the Welsh who had performed against Scotland at home and had to get a win, or had performed against the French and fought, you know. Incredibly nailed yeah. to, to do everything. Yeah. It was very different, and that's probably what will disappoint um, the public more than anything. Yeah, a hundred percent. But the way they the way they want to play is something that they need to figure out pretty quickly. So moving on, uh, Ireland beat Scotland twenty six five. What was the atmosphere like? You were there. Yeah, the atmosphere was actually very um, good before the game. There was a lot of fans out early. I'd called into the pub. I think my pub was like quarter to one. And the place was full already. And I was thinking... So you were happy? I was very happy. I said, this is going to be a brilliant day in the bridge. Um, but, you know, talking to everyone, fans were giddy. There was obviously silverware to be won. A championship, potentially. So fans were excited. Um, everyone was in good form. But then you get to the match and you're in the stadium. I don't think it was as, as alive as probably everyone had hoped. It was a funny type of game. Scotland started really well. Then Ireland got a foothold in the game, scored a few tries. And then there was just that, that big moment from Stuart Hogg where it kind of killed the atmosphere, actually, because um, they had their tails up at that stage. He gets that break, uh, unbelievably doesn't throw the pass. Like, I could not believe it. Because I'm, I'm there watching the game. And Is I that a tale of two fullbacks probably at the moment in that uh, Hugh Keenan makes one of the best you know, try-saving tackles? You have to make them as fullback, but he coaxes him into not passing and then makes a tackle. Yeah. Stuart Hogg, perhaps... Trying too hard or not playing well doesn't give that. I mean, we've seen it before. He, he does get white line fever, yeah. but uh, that was a, a huge moment. At, at a that, huge swing at this level, and and being captain of your team, you just put someone away there. That was a huge moment for them, and that kind of killed a little bit of, of the atmosphere because Ireland got back on top um, and just closed out the game from there. 
But, you know, certain individuals are brilliant again for Ireland. They won't just, be best pleased with their, with just, their total Just, just talk about Ireland in terms of, you know, they've only conceded four tries this mm. whole tournament, uh, which is unbelievably impressive. What areas has really impressed you, apart from just their defence, and, and who's impressed you throughout the tournament? I think just their, their two-sided attack. They have so much variety in their attack. They have so many options. Um, they're playing both sides of the ball as well. Um, I think Johnny Sexton's unbelievable. I, I think... If anything, I think he's gotten better this year at controlling and dictating the way they're trying to play and where they're going and what they're doing with the ball when he has it in his hands. Um, Jameson Gibson Park was phenomenal again the weekend. Just the pace he puts onto the ball and the spa- the, his eyes, any gap at all, and he's gone. And he, he's bringing a lot of those people into the game. And There's so many areas I think Ireland have improved on in the last year, year and a half. And they're going the right direction, and they're they're growing. I think, and they're not they're not the finished article by a long shot. And I think that's that's a really good thing for Ireland going forward, leading into this next kind of year and a half into the World Cup. I guess my question to you is: Can they match it in the physical games against South Africa, England, France? I still think the French game, the one that got away from two big counter rooks, that's a physical thing, obviously, yeah. not being in a good body position, getting turned over, and they score. England game, kick chase was incredible by England, battered the rook then. Ireland just weren't working back hard enough. They're all things that are fixable. Yeah. And if they get that side of their game right, those little bits, the pace that they attack with and the, the conditioning they have and how fit they are, I still think they're well able to mix it with those bigger teams because they're able to move them around. They're able to carry hard. The breakdown is brilliant. So... They're all the aspects that they'll be looking at now to refine and grow in those small areas that probably let them down in this championship. Triple crowns aren't easy to come across either. No. So it's a trophy in the, in the cabinet for them. And uh, the squad is in a pretty good place. And obviously, like the last two games, they haven't had some of the players that have at the start of the championship. So they have them to come back in now and make it stronger going forward. And Ireland on the 20s as well, win the, win the Grand Slam. Um, only good news for us going forward because... I'm sure there'll be a couple of those under-20s will filter in over the next two years into that bigger picture. Sean, then on Saturday night, it was yeah. over to Paris to see France get the Grand Slam with a win over England, 25-13. I mean, what did you make of it? Did the French deserve it, do you think? Were they very dominant? Uh, England better than they have been? It was going to be hard for England to get to the level they got to the week before in terms of their energy. Away from home in the Stade de France, very tough place to go anyway. I thought they fired a few shots. I thought they'd done well at, at times, but... France were just too strong and powerful when they got a foothold into the game. And I, I think you have to start well against the French. Mm. In, in, in that kind of game, you had to start well and start making them doubt it a little bit, feel the pressure, get the crowd getting a bit edgy. Mm. And giving them a 10-0 lead, I think it was, or something, was, was, was not the way. No. They don't, they don't actually what they've done against Ireland a little bit. That's exactly... France started 100 miles an hour, got their 10-0 got their lead, and then... Kind of went a little bit more conservative then again, but um, England England will take some positives away from the last two games. I think 100. percent But France, like you look at the people who who they have coming through as well. Their 20s done well as well in the in the championship. They'll um, they're in a really good place. They've good coaches. They've good structures in place. They've a really good defence. Um, they're second in the stats behind Ireland in in. So in two other defence. Yeah, Sean Edwards obviously. Lots been talked about him and all the coaches from the French, which have done really well. I think Silly has, has a big impact in their kicking game. Mm. Just a quick one for you. Sean Edwards has won 
the same number of grand slams as England, Ireland, and Scotland and Italy put together in the Six Nations era. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. He's added a real massive aspect to their game in terms of having structure in that area now. Obviously, brilliant motivator as well, and he's really gotten the best out of them in that, in that area. And then who impressed you from the French at the weekend? Because obviously a lot of pressure on them, and yet mm. they still delivered. Yeah, I think like I think Dupont obviously yeah. again like I know we keep talking about him, but you have to praise the man. He's no, you ha- no, he, I think it's he just turns it up. A, he yeah. turns it up a few notches every time he plays. Uh, he, he's so dangerous and so influential yeah. that I know we everyone always talks about him, but it's 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 like his level goes up and up and up, and yeah. the whole game plan is kind of not based around him, but just waiting for him to explode. To and when yeah. he does they get off the back of it yeah. so well. And like Aldred as well, he's been incredible, like a machine, keeps going. Um, I thought Fiku the weekend. Th- yeah, very good. Incredible. Um, they, have, they have threats everywhere, like Willems have put in another big shift, Wocky obviously as well, your man. Mm-hmm. Um, their whole back row and front row, boy, um, they all stood up and played really well again. So they have this core group now, lads, who are driving that team. They're not, a, they're not an old team either, they're a young team. So they're, they're, they're going to be very, very hard to handle, I think, in another year or two. We'll talk a bit more about the French at the end, mm. but that's two wins, three losses for England for the second Six Nations in a row. Um, wh- where are they for you ahead of this World Cup in a year and a half? I think they need to figure out exactly their DNA going forward. Like, what type of game are they going to play? Are they going to play this expansive game with Marcus Smith and some of the younger backs to have? Or are they going to go back to some of this kicking game that's worked well in the last two games for them? It's worked well at times in the French game, worked really well against Ireland, although they're down to 14. So what is, what's their plan going to be? Uh, or are they going to have kind of this unstructured game where they, they have a few options to, to run with? They have some incredible talent there. There's no doubt about that. They have some great leaders. Um, you know, you sp- spoke about Jamie George coming back in this this year. He's had a phenomenal uh, few games there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Courtney Law has been brilliant. Um, Don Brandt has been very good when he's been there. Uh, Simmons, uh, Tom, the, the miss Tom Curry, I think. I think he had a sore body coming into this championship, and it showed then, like as as he was withdrew then the last day. But um, I, I think just on that for me, there was people working really hard against France and trying really hard, but. I don't know, it felt like the French, when they wanted to, when they went to attack, they could just break England. And and yeah. for me, a lot's been talked about England's attack, and it hasn't been great. I don't think the defence has been as good as it should be either. The DNA of the English side that got to the World Cup final was unbelievable defence, probably the best kicking game, great set piece. It was a simple game, though. They wanted to get ahead, kick in behind, and squeeze teams. I, I don't know with this England team. I think the attack is, is a real worry for me. Um... I'm not sure how they want to attack. Is it quick tempo? Is it from set piece? Is it with short, long kicking game? I see Ireland, I see France. It's clear how they want to attack. And they don't get it right all the time, but it's clear. And that's my worry for England. I think one man that'll that'll drive all of what you've you've just said is probably Owen Farrell. No one's talked about him really um, since Marcus Smith came in. He's a massive loss to that England setup in terms of the way he goes about his business. He will know that everyone knows their role when he's involved. He demands that from you. Whether he's playing 10, playing 12, on the bench, whatever, whatever role he's going to have within the team now. But they do definitely need to figure out what way they're going to play. Just the Six Nations is a spectacle. It's the first time in two, three years now I think we've had full crowds. 
you know, the intensity, the atmosphere, how good was it? Because I, I loved every minute. For you, how great was yeah, it? Yeah, no, I think, I think it's been a brilliant tournament. I think it's been a brilliant tournament. I think there's been some class rugby, some class games in it. Seeing the fans back, seeing everyone enjoying themselves, seeing what it's all about again, experiencing some of the matches, even like last weekend, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal competition. Great tournament, best tournament in the world. Following the final weekend of the Six Nations, yeah. it does mean that a match point predictions league has finished. I finished a disappointing 147th. Shawnee, you finished 84th, which, mm. you know, was helped massively by the perfect score prediction against the, the French-England game at the end. Well done on that, That's the way. idea of this whole thing, Alex, is to predict the score. Well, yeah, so that's I a good point, Shawnee. Right well sport. done. Uh, we um, also lost to the production team, not just one, two, three people in the production team right here who have let us know about it. Um, so drinks on me tonight, which is fair. There is one person, though, Stuart Beard, who is one of our listeners. I'd love to have him on the show because he clearly knows more than both of us. Um, he absolutely smashed it, got 14 correct predictions, uh, two perfect scores, and he finished fifth in the world. So fair play. I, I don't know if this whole thing is locked like though. The, the, the luck. Yeah, he might no, he might have um he might have had an inside track somewhere. I think it is luck. I agree on he that. And crack. that's why I didn't do as well. So I'm gonna put it down to luck, Sean. I agree. <laughs> right, Shawnee. Let's get into our Six Nations team of the tournament. So Shawnee, front row first. Who yep. have you picked and why? So we've gone for Sir Boy at loose head, Jamie George at Hooker and Tyg Furlong at Tighthead. Um why? Uh, with Boy, I just think he's been solid the whole championship. Ball handling skills were incredible. A few sick offloads for important scores. Sick offloads. Sick offloads. Right. Scrummage in a set piece has been solid as a rock. And he's just, like, he's a young prop who has been playing incredibly well. Um, gone with Jamie George at Hooker. He wasn't even in the squad at the start of, of this campaign in the Six Nations. And to come in and do the job he's done. Gave a lot of emotional energy, I think. Was one of the main players um, in England's fight and determination in some of the games. Even though they're not firing on all cylinders, he was excellent. And then Tyke Furlong, just Mr. Consistency. I know the scrum didn't have a good day uh, against England. A lot of illegal stuff going on there. But in general, very, very good. Again, he's probably the best prop in the world at the minute. Tight head. I don't think many people can argue with those three selections. Yeah, no, I think for me, um, Jamie George was part of a very strong set piece for England throughout the tournament, and obviously that game against Ireland, fantastic. Uh, Furlong, his ball playing really take and carrying takes him up another level, and you know that one day against Genge, you know, is was not his best, but it's one game. Yeah, um, I would say Loosehead was our toughest call, the hardest because. Everyone was very good, particularly a special mention to Genge, who was exceptional throughout the yeah. tournament. I'm not sure about him in the backfield, but exceptional during the tournament. Um, Porter was doing brilliantly for Ireland until he got injured. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen my man, Fischetti, in there. Um, he had the most turnovers from a front rower. His kick chase alone against Wales was outstanding yeah. and, and was a real star in that Italian side for me. Certainly one for the future. Yes. Second row, Shawnee, who have we gone Second for? Second row, we have gone for the very, very athletic pair of Cameron Walkie and Mario Itoje. Uh, what impressed you about Cameron Walkie? Because you weren't sure if he was a back row, second row, going into the tournament. Yeah, I just, I just think his line-out ability, um, the way he ran, 
the French line-out, his attributes around the field. Um, and just in general, I thought um, he was very, very physical too. And so I thought he was more of a lighter type of kind of back row E6 um, type player. But just this tournament, I think he's really come into his own. He's he's not like a... He's a young guy again, so he's he's going to improve and improve. Um, he's just been phenomenal. Very hard to contend with in, in the line Very hard to mark. He's so quick, so fast in the air. He's been unbelievable for France. Um, and then partnering him. Maro Otoje... Um, I suppose this fella has gone from strength to strength. In my opinion, the best lock in the world at the minute. His ball-carrying ability, his physicality in D, his line-out operating, his scrummaging, everything. He has so many attributes to his game. He is the ultimate all-rounder, in my opinion. Has massive influence on the people around him too. You can see he brings energy to everyone. And he's just gone from strength to strength. And like hands down, I think these pair of players have been incredible to Six Nations. Yeah, I think I've spoken about Mara a lot on this podcast and he's exceptional. Uh, Cam Wocky, um, I think he took his game from the autumn through to Six Nations, has been exceptional. He's really led the line out for France, but also I just think his athleticism, he gives him so much, his speed across the ground to cover defensively. Also when he's carrying, he punches above his weight and does off the back of offloads, he's his athleticism they talk about gets in behind yeah. so well. So I think those two have been real standouts for me. Brilliant. Back row though, Real debate here. Yeah. Um, who have you gone for? So we've gone for um, Caelan Doris at six, Josh van der Fleer at seven, and Gregory Aldred at eight. Um, probably a very tough kind of battle here. I, I notable for um, for Courtney Laws at six area, but I, I went for for out and out back rowers. And for me, this man has been one of the big cogs in Ireland's uh, wheel the last while. Just his carrying ability. In the tight, in the loose, he has had big moments as well. His defensive work has been brilliant, getting his head over balls as well, had a few turnovers. And I just think his consistency now as a back rower, Caelan Doris has just gone to another level and he's one of the most important people, I think, in that pack going forward. So he's been brilliant. Gregory Aldred at eight, an absolute machine for France. One of the top tacklers in the tournament, one of the top carriers in the tournament. Um... Mr. Consistency, never has a bad game, very, very tough, unassuming, goes about his business really, really well and has, has led that pack, that 8, 9, 10 access to, from the pack to, to the French backs really, really well. Um, just a phenomenal athlete now and a very young guy too. And then at 7, was probably, um, Tom Curry was probably the man before the tournament in that 7 jersey. This fella, Josh van der Fleer, has gone to another level. He's, he's gone to another level in the last 16, 17 months, in my eyes anyway. His work rate is by far the best of any back rower, I think, in the tournament. He, his engine is incredible. His work rate is incredible. But the big thing for me, for someone who's not that big at the minute, is his carrying ability. He is carrying into people at 100 miles an hour, getting over the gain line, making a yard here and there. And then his work defensively has been phenomenal. Again, you talk about like a kick chase, for instance. He's always first. He's always, if there's a bounce of a ball, he's around it. And that's what you want from your seven. Um, so I think his performances are very justified to have him here and uh, one of the best players in the tournament in my eyes. Yeah, I think Joshua Flair really impressed me with his carrying. He's not the biggest, as you said, but he's so physical he runs so hard he's like a back row in rugby league yeah. flies into contact with no regard for his body and I think he's a huge part of this attacking game that Ireland have his speed across the ground how many breakdowns he wins for them is phenomenal uh, Doris um, 
was was interested to see how he'd go after having such a good autumn international um, period, and he's gone up another level. Uh, people know about him now; it's no surprise. But he still does those tough carries into brick walls. His footwork, his power, and his work rate, and um, I think he's played pretty much every minute in the tournament. And I think Aldrich, you spoke so well about him. Um, the two things for me are one his breakdown skills, the turnovers he gets, decision-making at ruck. He's always slowing the ball down or winning turnovers or being a nuisance, bringing more men into it. He's a big part of the defensive game for France. And also, the fact that he's bilingual is a massive help. He's a big job talking to the referees, understanding he's always there when the refs are talking to the props. He's yeah. the one translating for them. And that sounds like a silly thing, but it makes a big difference and helps so much. So, uh, really good back row. I think a couple of people for me... Jalanche for France, yeah, uh, whether six seven, yeah. he is really underrated. Just workmanlike, just goes about his business so well. Hits so many rucks, carries well. Also, his kick chase. He's one of the few. He's up there first on kickoffs, and he's really good for them. And huge mention to Toby Falatau. Only came back halfway through the tournament. First game back in so long against England was outstanding. Yeah. And again at the weekend against Italy, outstanding against the French. Unbelievable. Yeah. He, he is he's such a good Mr. player. We just hope he can stay fit because he's yep. brilliant. Yep. On to the backs. On to the backs. Halfbacks, please. Halfbacks. We have gone for, no surprise here, Anton Dupont. And at 10, Johnny Sexton. Um, is there anything you can say about Dupont now? He, he's, he's so good. Um, but was there something that impressed you even more in this tournament? Um, I don't think I was impressed more. The only thing that's, that's standing out to me is that he's a marked man now and he's still making this whole French side click at times. Had massive moments again, um, even against Ireland, scored the opening try for them. Um, he just, I, th I think by looking in as well, he's the glue of this side, like a real good personality within the group. But his rugby playing ability is, has been incredible this tournament again. His passing is spectacular. His kicking has been brilliant. His physicality is incredible. He is like having another back row on the field at the minute. He is smashing people. Um, so, like, we've, we've spoke about him so, so much, but he's just a phenomenal player. Um, best nine in the world. For me, Johnny Sexton didn't play all the games, obviously, but the difference when he was there and when he wasn't, not that Carberry played badly, just the way the Irish team looked towards him to demand for that clarity, to expectation of leadership, it was huge. And the notable when he wasn't there, um, I think Marcus Smith did well for England, but he kicked well, but... We would be unhappy yeah. as well with himself. Bigger, fought hard. Um, I think Garbisi, for me, he did an exceptional job kicking really well and controlling, especially in that final game for Italy. I oh, agree completely. And Shawnee, who have we picked in the centres? We have picked French pairing of Dante and Fiku. Yeah, I guess for me, Dante, perhaps less celebrated than Fiku and some of the other centres in the tournament. He just goes about his work and is so important for the French. He is a focal point from getting over the gain line first phase to then allow Aldrit and others to around the corner. Um, and he's always putting his hand up in those tough carries just to just go hard, again, again and again. Um, so I, I've been really impressed with him. And defensively, I think he's, he's gone up leaps and bounds from when we first saw him on the international stage. Um, and, and for me, possibly one of the players of the yeah. tournament, uh, Fiku, his consistency... I know they talk about this defensive general and leadership, and I don't buy into that too much on the field. It's, you know, you do your job. But 
Defensively, he is exceptional. I'm really impressed with him particularly. Yeah, their relationship, I think, has just gone from strength to strength. They, they know exactly how each other is playing at the minute. And this fella, for me, is, has been phenomenal. He is uh, a centre point for this French side going forward, defensively and attack. And this man, I think, is going to bring it to another level too. I think there's more gears in him. I think you've seen some of his brilliance in, in, in his offloading game as well this, this year. Um, but they're only going to get stronger, these boys. Back three, Shawnee. Back three, we have Villiers. My man. Penno, Damien. And Hugo Keenan. Talk us through, from your side, what's impressed you about these guys? Um, I think Hugo Keenan, I just think he's so consistent now. He's, he's one of the best players in that Irish team. Doesn't make many mistakes. His work rate is absolutely phenomenal. Um, his relationship and understanding of when it's on, when it's not on as well, to have a crack or play the kicking game and relieve, pre relieve pressure has been brilliant. Scored an unbelievable try last week um, off the back of Jemison Gibson Park's quick tap. But he seen what was on before it ever happened. But his aerial skills and his defensive skills have been nothing short of phenomenal. Big hits near the line, balls under pressure. He's done it all, the Six Nations, and that's why he's in there. Um, Penno, one of my favourite players, just how dangerous he is. He's an ultimate finisher, works off the ball incredibly well, has a great relationship in that French side with 9-10, with Dupont uh, coming around the breakdown and stuff. So he's just been unbelievable too. Um, teams are really, really watching this guy because he can finish in two seconds like any of the French really but for me he's been one of the top performers in the championship and then your kind of favourite player Villiers um, just um, what's there not to love about him yeah you know, he's five foot five you know he's unbelievable he gives everything to the cause he fights so hard his breakdown work is probably the best back in the tournament one of the best forwards around return overs he gets he gets up in the air even if he loses a high ball He's the first to win the turnover. Yeah. Um, and then in attack, you know, he scored a hat-trick in the first game. His ability to hit lines and read offloads is so good. Um, I guess for me, Hugh Keenan um, is an interesting one because on the face of it, perhaps we don't see all his good work, but as a fullback, his consistency um, at the back gives so much to the rest of the group and confidence and calmness. And I think particularly for me, when they played against England and things were getting a little bit frenetic and people were getting a bit flustered in the Irish team, Conway a little bit and, and others, his centres weren't working as hard. He stayed calm. He did his job again and again and again. There were some key moments where he just kept taking high balls. It may have lost the ball on the floor from teammates not going back, but he kept doing his role again and again. And I think he really gives confidence to the back line and then in attack, the way he's gone from here to here in the last six months, I think that he can keep going up and up, as you said. So, yeah. Uh, he was very impressive. Oh, a little Italian. Capuccio. Capuccio. He was as close as anyone to getting in the team just yeah. for his antics alone in the last game. Uh, and the two tries he scored against Scotland. This guy has huge potential and can't wait to see him in the future playing at Toulouse. Um, but Hugh Keenan for me. That, Shawnee, is our 15. That's a hell of a team, I think. I know. Well, I think it speaks volumes of how well the French have done. I think they've got eight players in there. The Irish five and two English guys who both happen to play at Saracens, not there's a bias. I guess, Sean, it comes on to who would captain the side? I'd probably let uh, Dupont be captain, to be fair. Take a bit of pressure off Johnny. If it was... I say, would Johnny be all right with that? Yeah, no, he 100% would, especially with Dupont playing um, the way he does. So the two of them would have a good relationship, I reckon. Yeah. 
I'd have uh, Villiers because I just love him. He's just, he's just a man. He leads from the <laughs> a front. Winger, captain. Well, he leads from the front, doesn't he? He's in every <laughs> breakdown. Uh, no, Dupont for me. Okay, so moving on. Who was your player of the tournament? My player of the tournament, um, for me, I would have to say is this man, Josh van der Fleer. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the only reason I wouldn't give it to Dupont is because he's won everything else in the last 12 months. I just think this man has, has brought his game to a different level. Um, to compare to where he was, he has improved so much in the last year and a half and added bits to his game. And um, again, like Josh isn't the biggest fella in the world, but the way he throws his body around, the, the numbers he's hitting in games in terms of uh, defensively attack, defend, defenders beating everything across the board has just gone to another level. And for me, someone who's so competitive like him, to be still going at 80 plus minutes is a phenomenal feat. So for me, I think he's actually the player of the tournament. Um, I agree. It's big boots to fill when you left, eh? And finally someone's done it. So impressive. Um, for me, this man, Big Aldrich, he has been exceptional for the French. Uh, a real leader, as I said before. His work at the breakdown does so much defensively for them. Um, and I think that moment in the final game, the offload to DuPont, so aware of his surroundings, he sees a retreating English defender with his back turned and he runs straight at him into the crease, gets one tackle, flips it straight to DuPont and off he goes and we know. So, yeah, I think he's been exceptional. The two guys I would say uh, pushed him close uh, were Fiku, for me, has been outstanding in this tournament. Just, you see, you know, I'm not in camp, but you see the way he's talking in the field, the way people look to him yeah. um, and people talk about him. Um, I think he's exceptional. Um, and the other one I would have been close was Jalange. Um, I think he's done a lot for the French. Um, really impressed by his work rate. He gets picked every week, goes about his business yeah. really well. And he just puts electrical tape on his ears and off he goes, which is, you know, <laughs> I like. So there we have it. That is our team of the tournament. This has been the House of Rugby brought to you by Joe. You've been listening to the House of Rugby on Joe.